Well, we're now getting into a, a teaching that I'm really probably more excited about than any other teaching that I will give in this series, and that is how do we open our lives to the Holy Spirit? Um, how can we receive the promise of God to every disciple, every believer, every kingdom citizen? Because you see, um, we've been saying Jesus is our king, but he's a different kind of king than any other king. He's not a power and might king, but he's a by my spirit king, according to Zechariah 4.6. And sure enough, when, when he comes, that is exactly what we find. So here's John the Baptist, and he's saying, the one who comes after me is mightier than I, I baptize with water for repentance, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay, so that's John telling us how Jesus is more powerful. This is Jesus becoming king, and the way he is king, the power, the authority he exercises is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the way he's going to be king, not by power and might. And, and sure enough, let's read that um, in John the Baptist here. Um, this will be Mark 1, uh, 9 to 11. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. So, first of all, right here, we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in one paragraph, okay? And uh, theologians call this the Trinity. The, the word Trinity doesn't appear in the Bible, but it's just a handle. It's a, it's a, it's a description of what you read in the Bible. It's the reality of how God is revealing himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We see all three and how they relate to each other right here in the Word. But then more, more germane uh, to the, uh, our issue here is that Jesus comes and here's the Holy Spirit descending upon him. He had no ministry prior to this moment. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. So right now, it. This is the start of the kingdom of God right here at this moment. It's the Holy Spirit um, anointing Jesus with kingly power so that now he can start healing people. He can start uh, delivering people from demonic power. He can begin cleansing lepers. He can begin announcing the love of God the Father, um, his acceptance of people, his grace and kindness. He's announcing these things um, to people because that's what the kingdom is. That's the kingdom of God. And it's going to destroy um, demonic power and destroy the curses that have come into people's lives, starting now, because the, he is a by-my-spirit king. Do you get this? And so here, here we see Jesus is himself ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Well, then there's another step to it. Um, and we, we move on through the scriptures, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's announcing another step to, to God's program. Um, 
And, and here we have it in uh, John chapter 16, starting at verse 7. Why don't you turn to that? Um, and, and this is what he says. I, it is for your good that I am going away. It's, it's to your advantage that I am going away. Because unless I go away, the advocate, uh, the counselor, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The Greek word parakletos, is, there's no good English word for that word. And so it's, it's translated so many different ways. It literally means some, someone who calls to you from alongside, and it's sort of like a defense counsel standing next to a defender uh, or a, a, a person defending himself in a trial. Um, but uh, it's, it's really talking about a person who's going to be with us. Okay, and then verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So what he's saying here, the Holy Spirit will take what belongs to Jesus and give it to us in each succeeding Generation. The Holy Spirit is a real person. God in three persons, the Trinity. It's, it's uh, an impossible concept to understand up here. But we look at the scriptures, we see how the three persons interrelate with each other. We walk into it, we experience how the three persons interrelate with each other. It is a reality, it's a description of reality. Okay, so. Jesus is now promising that he's going to give us the same Holy Spirit that he received so that we can have the kingdom of God in all its power. Do you get this? And so he's saying it's actually better for you that I go away because when I send the Holy Spirit from my kingly throne at the right hand of the Father, okay, the right hand is the power hand. Um, the right hand is... Uh, the place, the position of power and authority. Um, it doesn't literally mean he's at, in, in God's hand or something. It, it just means it's an expression, a Hebrew expression. And so uh, Jesus from his place of authority is sending the Holy Spirit and that's the way he chooses to work during this period of time. Eventually, he'll be coming back to the earth, but we aren't there yet. Okay, so now, by his Spirit, he's going to come into our lives. He's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That means cleansing fire, passionate fire, the fire of his presence, a consuming fire. There's, there are things that can happen with the power of God at work in our lives. He literally says in John 14 that he is with you and will be in you. So there's, there's a promise even of the preposition in um, that we will receive him as a reality into our lives and he will begin making a felt difference in our lives, a powerful difference. So that's um, step two and that's what we want to get into here. Step one happened a long time ago when Jesus got baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
But now it's up for us to receive that same promise that he freely offers us. Oh, when I asked Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Spirit back in 1972, um, I'm telling you, my life changed. Not, it's not as though suddenly that very night I had a miracle happen. It, it wasn't like that, but um, a peace came into my heart, um, healed of an ulcer. Um, uh, and I'll never forget the trip that we took um, to uh, back to the Midwest to, to tell my parents uh, about this. Um, and, uh, you know, my, both my parents were traditional Presbyterians, and, and I was so excited about uh, the, the Holy Spirit because of, of differences that I already felt, you know, after asking for this. And, and so I shared those things. My, my dad his response was, so you become a holy roller now. And uh, my mom was just silent. She didn't want to even talk about it. So they were not excited about this. We went on our way. But secretly, my dad, I found, was as hungry and as interested as I had been secretly. And, uh, and so he started going to a Catholic charismatic prayer group back in 1972 during the fall of that year. My mom was not in favor of this. Uh, she, she, it, this was a hard thing in their marriage, just right for the first few months. But then one day she got a, a she came down with a brain hemorrhage. She was hospitalized. You know the, the blood in the spinal fluid and all of the rest, severe headaches. Well, my dad came up to her hospital room with his prayer group. I'm sure my mom was not really excited about that. But they prayed for her, and lo and behold, she was instantly healed of the, of the brain hemorrhage and also an ulcer and a back disability all at once. So she walked out of that hospital in, you know, the next day or, or two days later, totally free of, of any problems. So you see, we're talking power here, and it's, it's not just doctrines, it's it's the power of God available for believers. And, uh, and she became a new person, you know. She, she really got excited about God. Um, and that was only the beginning. I mean, I, I'll never forget the, the trip back to our, um, our home in Oregon. At the time, we decided we were going to drive through Canada. We ended up in Saskatchewan camping. And the next morning, um, the car wouldn't start. And uh, here we are out in the middle of the, the most bleak plain. I mean, cornfield or wheat field or something, just nothing there at all. And, and, and the car won't start. And we've got these two little children and... What am I going to do? You know, it's it's like it's hopeless. And so I I pray. I said, God, um, if you're there, okay, if if you're there, show me what to do. And immediately the thought came in: uh, press down three times on the accelerator and then start again. So I did that, and lo and behold, it started right up. And uh, it wasn't just that the car started that was exciting to me. I began to realize maybe God does speak to me. You know, before that, I had an idea of God speaking. You know, if he's going to give you a word, you have to at least fall on the floor. 
and then you you have to go into another kind of consciousness and and you hear like Charlton Heston's voice and that's God and that's the way it'll be if he, if he speaks to you but God doesn't really speak to people everybody knows that and so um, I began to have to change my ideas here about what it's like to have God speak to you okay here's the Holy Spirit and he's just giving me thoughts I'm asking him and he's telling me and so hey what a concept and I'm, I'm beginning to realize, hey, maybe this is how God speaks to me. Maybe he would speak to me like this other times, too. And sure enough, uh, we're, we're going on our way, and uh, we're, 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 we're getting out into the middle of the wilderness again, going back towards the United States, down north of um, Glacier National Park. And we're, we're way out on this isolated road, no cars, no trucks, no nothing. And we're all by ourselves moving towards the border and uh, we're way below empty on gas. And we're just singing praises to God, um, trying to keep our spirits up. And God says to my wife, you're going to be okay. So she says, Doc, I think God's telling me we're going to be okay. And then um, God has a word for me too. And uh, he says, um, uh, I want you to start tithing. Well, uh, that was not the word uh, I was I was looking for exactly. Uh, and then my wife, she chimes in and she says, Hey, Doug, I think God's telling me we need to start tithing. <laughs> and so now here I am, I'm, I'm realizing, all right, God speaks the same thing to two people at the same time. Okay, another thing that happens. So uh, God is telling me not only promises, but commands. Okay, promises and commands go together in the covenant. A covenant is promises and commands together. Okay, if you want a part of it, there's another part that goes along with it. And so here we're receiving both parts together as God ministers those things into our hearts. And so we say, okay, God, um, we're going to start tithing uh, because we've heard you on this. Okay, and of course, it's, it's in the scriptures too, Malachi 3 and all kinds of places. But um, we, we're discovering that God speaks. God also, God heals but God speaks, and there's, there's so many things that we opened up to that year of our lives, 1972. I mean, it's like it's a whole new walk with God. Everything that we had learned, as it, as it were, by the hearing of the ear, you know, learned in Sunday school, all the stories, Bible stories, and all the doctrines, catechisms, all of it, but it was nothing but secondhand information. If you want it to go to first-hand experience, you got to get the Holy Spirit. How do you get the Holy Spirit? Well, it's easier than you think. But there's one thing we need to get clear before we get on to that. And that is there's two kinds of spiritual power. There's the kingly power of Jesus that is the Holy Spirit, but there is also demonic power demonic power attaches to our will. So we want 
something to happen. We want to have something to happen to us or something to happen to somebody else that we know. And there's spiritual power, and we're going to tap into that spiritual power, but it's on our will, not God's will. Okay, so the enemy can come and sweet talk us into saying, just bow down to me, and I will give you spiritual power. And, you know, something like that happened to Jesus right after he received the Holy Spirit. The enemy came in and said, bow down to me, and uh, you can have the whole, the whole world if you want, but, but it'll be under me. And um, there is something like that that happens in um, witchcraft, in uh, occult religions, in every form of demonic power, there is uh, an attachment to our will. So that's why I said, if you want the Holy Spirit, yes, the Holy Spirit is real power, but it goes along with a surrendered life. You have to really be interested in following Jesus if you want the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you could get some kind of counterfeit. And the, the surrender to Jesus and the in invita invitation of the, of the Holy Spirit go together. Don't ever t take them apart. So uh, you see this also in the book of Acts, for example. Uh, Simon the Magician, Acts chapter 8. He, he saw that uh, Peter was ministering the power of God. He said, wow, um, you know, things are really happening here. And he had great respect for Peter because he saw spiritual power there. But then he said, uh, what could I pay you so that you, you would give me that power? And uh, Peter said, uh, your money perish with you, uh, and basically cursed him out because he... Uh, he didn't get the idea of the difference between what he had spent his whole life investing in, which was demonic power, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And the difference is you have to surrender your life uh, to God um, and to Jesus, the King, if you want the Holy Spirit um, and not some counterfeit. So make sure you got this clear. Surrender and inviting the Holy Spirit go together. Now, uh, so how do you do this? How do you, how do you get God to give you the Spirit? And the, the, the uh, answer to that is just ask. Uh, just ask. So let's turn to another scripture, and this will be Luke 11. Uh, Verse 11 to 13. Which of you, you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Or if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You see, it's, a, it's, it's like all the promises of God. They are received by faith. And faith is not just a set of doctrines that you believe up here. Faith is a process that you enter into. Um, I, I like to call it an ABC process. 
ask, believe, and confess. You find out that Jesus is willing to do something because he says it in his word. You know, his word is true. So he says, he says it here. So uh, that means it's true. Why, why does it mean it's true? Because God is not like us. We might say something and promise something and then decide later on um, to change our mind. But God is not like that. He is absolutely faithful. When he says something, he must do it. The problem is in here. It's not in the will of God. Um, God wants to do this for us. But we are so full of doubts and um, low self-opinions and um, fears, um, all kinds of things that get in here that interfere with our ability to just ask and then believe. Um, he wants us to believe in his promises, not because we're so worthy, but because he promised it. And so uh, A, B, C, and then we, then, then we can say, well, I ask now, and you start looking for things. You know, you, you, you look for evidence, and you start seeing it. By golly, I mean, things are starting to happen, and you confess that. You see, well, this happened to me. God did this for me. And it starts to get to be an exciting walk. Do you, do you see this? It's an A, B, C walk of faith. And so I want to invite you into that walk of faith. Now, um, asking for the Holy Spirit is not something that can be rushed. And, and don't pressure anybody to, to do this. Um, people have their own time for things. It's, it's a right time for things. If someone doesn't feel ready, like in your group, um, or maybe you've just got a couple of people walking together, but if somebody doesn't feel right about it yet, they need some time to study those scriptures. Uh, it took me nine months, but I'm a hard-headed guy. You know, I'm just a hard-headed Scottish guy. And um, it, it would take me longer than most, I think. But um, especially if you're hungry and thirsty for God, why put it off? Um, why not ask right now for the Holy Spirit? Um, see what happens, you know? Get into this adventure, why not? So um, two things at once I want to say. If you don't feel right about it, if, you, if you've got reservations and qualms, get those taken care of. Study the scriptures, every scripture in, in, the, in the, the lessons for today, but even more. You can just do a Bible study for, uh, on this for a while. But then on the other hand, if, if it's time for you, if, if, if it's the right time, you feel like you don't want to wait another moment, Get your group to pray for you, and, and uh, it, it does, it's not a complicated thing. It's just ask. So let me leave you with that and uh, leave you with the scriptures for this week and, uh, and, uh, and, and just explore the goodness of God's plan for you in the Holy Spirit.